Hi guys, and welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name's Winter Fonander. I'm the host of the show. I'm a comedian. This is episode 38 with a very funny man, a very tall man, John Pearson. He is taking his work in progress show up to the Edinburgh Fringe for 2017. He's going to debut it in 2018. And that show for now, for now, is called Feet First. It's a very tall guy, six foot five. He also runs a gig in Melton Broadway. Really lovely gig. Really, really lovely gig. I really enjoyed doing that too. Really enjoy talking to John. And you'll listen to that in this episode. But what has been going on with me? Well, let me tell you, I've been really busy. I went out for a drink the other night, got hammered, absolutely hammered. Don't go out much at all, don't have time. Went out, enjoyed myself. I've been atoning for it ever since. I'm so guilt-ridden. But that guilt has gotten me an awful lot done in the last few days. I've been atoning. I've been doing my penance. I'm doing loads. It's great. Nose to the grindstone. Ah, that's it. Uh, That's what I need to run on. I need to run on guilt. (laughs) That's what I brought up in Catholic school. That's why, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. So I've been trying to work that off. I've been running. I've been doing videos for the Bunkai Bunker. I went mad with the first video. Really enjoyed using the special effects. Really enjoyed them probably more than anyone else enjoyed them. But that's where it's got to start, you know? Any skill's got to start at the beginning. You can't rush these things. Go check that out. Bunkai Bunker, the YouTube channel, Winter Phonander. It's under hashtag Bunkai Bunker. Go check it out. Go like it. Go fun. Go share it with your friends. You can find us on Twitter. We're there at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me on Twitter at Winter Phonander. Now, I've been reading the Guinness Encyclopedia. and I'm up to page 70 in the Guinness Encyclopedia. All of those jokes that I've gathered from the Guinness Encyclopedia are up on Twitter. And that is at Guinness Jokes. The title for that is The Book Dad Read. I've been having a lot of fun with that. I've also got fringe previews coming up for my upcoming show, which is called now Tolerance. And the details for that are on my website, which is winterphoneunder.com. Go check it out there. Come see me live. I need you guys there so I can bounce jokes off because it doesn't work in a vacuum. It doesn't function. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get sharper. You can practice on your own all night, but you really need to take it out to show people in order to get better. And that is not a sexual analogy. It just sounds that way. Now, this is episode 38. I don't want to talk for too much longer because I've got a lot more to do tonight. And I hope you really enjoy it. It's the very funny, very tall, very talented Mr. John Pearson. John Pearson. Hello. Welcome to the Comedy Defect. How are you doing, man? I'm alright, right? I'm good. Tired, but good. That's what we're saying. Just tired. Yeah, just just tired. So tiring. Constantly tired. In a way that I'm busy, that's. And then if I wasn't tired, I'd think, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, that's it. You're like, oh, I need to just use every ounce of energy so you don't feel How guilty. am I going to pay this bill <laughs> if I'm not tired? <laughs> to the wife, I'm working hard. Look, look how tired I am. Leave me in bed just for a bit longer. That's all I keep asking. My temper is on a knife's edge at the moment. Look, look, look how angry I'm getting. No, I'm, oh, see, I'm oh. the most laid back person. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, don't, get, I, don't, get, I don't, get, don't get angry tired. I get, um, she gets angry tired, the wife does, but I get um, just, I just get silent. If I'm tired, I just sit there. That's a, that's a good that's a good mix. Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm quite a laid back, but I can't well, I say laid back, I'm probably not. You're just a passive aggressive. This is it, <laughs> yeah, I'm a passive aggressive. Yeah, I'm gonna get my own way by being a petulant child. As you unfold your arms. <laughs> See what you've done? That's your fault. Yeah. You recently got an agent and everything. Um, and how's that going? Is that going Amazing. In fact, I'm on the way down to see her today. Ooh, That's where I'm going for a meeting. Okay. This will be one year. So it's been a year since I've had an agent. And it's been the best year of my stand-up career ever. Amazing. It was the next step. It needed to happen. And it meant that I could leave my 
day job. What was your day job? I was an IT project manager. Yeah, so that was quite intense. But I think I'd worked way up into it so that I could be quite flexible with my time. So when I worked hard, I was working hard and I could get a lot done, which meant that I had to work hard again at stand-up. So just since leaving my job, it's been like, it's allowed me to have that extra time to think about stuff. And I'm writing a new show. I want to try and make that show a story arc. I want to try and make it a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it needs time. You can't just write. You can write stand-up. I feel like you can write stand-up bits in short bursts. Mm-hmm. But when you're writing a story... Need the time to sit down and just go through it and do it in a, in a structure. And what's the name of your show that you're taking around? I haven't got a proper name for it yet. It, it's at the moment the work in progress for it is called Feet First, right? And it's an idea. The idea is that I always jump in feet first with every big decision, but tiny decisions take me months. So like getting married abroad with no other family there. I just went, yeah, let's do that. Mm. Buying a car, I bought a car, and I was just like, yeah, let's have that car. I didn't even test drive it. I just went, yeah, I have that one. I bought it. It's like eight thousand pounds worth of my money. That I just right. went, oh right, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. But then buying a toaster, I'm like online looking at what toaster to buy for months. <laughs> so did, you get, did you end up getting the Argos Special? I usually end up just getting one that's going cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like 10 quid. Oh, that was 10 so, quid. I'll just get that one then now. Yeah. £7. I had my, yeah. one broke and I took it straight back. I was like, I don't have one piece. Just give me the, the, just give me the same toaster. Exactly. Even though that one broke. Exactly. Within two minutes, I'll have the same toaster back. Yeah. You don't have any expectations then. That's no. right. It's not going to break You've your got, There's no extra moving parts. Mm, mm. I worry about these big toasters that do everything because I think there's too much to go wrong. I think Porsche make a, a toaster and... Do they? Yeah, they do. And they make well, a, now you've changed, changed where I want to look for my I mean, toasters. I only know this because a friend of mine had one. It wasn't that I had one. It was, I had a Porsche toaster and he had a Porsche kettle as well. And to be fair, the kettle pissed everywhere. I remember making a cup of tea with it. It was terrible. It was, you know... What did the toast do? It boiled was... really fast, though. <laughs> it was just a lovely red colour. That's all it was. It was made from fibreglass. The two copper. That's how we do it. Yeah. No space in the back. I don't even know what that means. For a to- the toast just had two slots. Two, two front slots. That was what it was. Exactly. There was a space, yeah. but that was where all the heating element was. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's really efficient. It's really efficient. It used so much electricity. <laughs> Most of them drove around with just dicks. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, you were an IT. So I was. I worked up to when I was sixteen. I started working in IT. So I was IT engineer, IT consultant, IT project manager. So I was kind of. I've been a mixture of everything. Right. Help desk. I've done it all. The IT crowd was your your show, right? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Mm. Perfect. It lived. It does epitomise what IT people are like mm. perfectly. I know people that were like everyone in that. Mm. That's, that. That was what always happened. Whenever you watched it, I was like, oh, that's so-and-so in the office. I don't think I'm really like that. I'm not really like a... Pro- I always saw myself as not a typical IT bloke because I was a bit more sort of big and loud and brash and like mm. people didn't like me in the office. But I was mm. quite good at what I did yeah. and that annoyed people because I was good at my job but I was also mm. able to... You couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I'm loud and brash, and he's enjoying his life as well. Yeah. That's it. That was it. I think there was a there was a manager that wanted to get rid of me at one point. She mm. came in above my manager, and then she, I was being loud and like just having a laugh with a load of people in the office. And she, she, I heard them having an argument in his office. We need to get rid of him, and he was like, oh. "Yeah." I heard the argument. He said, "Well, if you could find someone else that does 25 calls a day and closes them, then you can get rid of him." 
because I was beating everyone else in the office by about 10 calls a day at that point. <laughs> you just came out the office just like giving her the finger. I am there the man. Look <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Totally. <laughs> totally. Walk out like a king. Doing your 25 calls and then just dropping everything. Just, <laughs> the I'm mal- a mouse drop. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. You've got to make coffee for everyone. End <laughs> off. <laughs> you're writing your hour show. You've got an agent. And what, what changed? How did they, did they find you? I, um... Wanted to leave my day job, yeah. and so I sent an email out to yeah. every agent I could find online where I could find an info or a, any act addressed mm-hmm. to any agent. So I sent a bunch of them out, got a load back. People saying, "Oh no, not at the moment." Yeah, we'll look at your video. Let's see when you're next down in London. All, all, all the usual sort of like, "Don't call us, don't we'll call you." And Delphine messaged me saying, "Yeah, come down to London. Let's have a chat." How long have you been going? I have been going now for six. Seven years? I think it is seven years. I can't remember. And what was the... Like, the, the tiredness is just seeping in, is it? Like, <laughs> you were just thinking about I think it. it's seven years. Oh, it is, it seven might be years. seven years. That's nearly a decade of my life. Fatigued. I setting in. Is it when it starts now? Is that what people say? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, fir- the first seven years is when you find your voice, isn't it? So I think probably maybe I've just found my voice. Maybe it was just like a, a Star Trek nerd that was just really into that. Like Every seven years you mature further, like in the Vulcan... Uh, oh, do thing. you? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think that's it. There's some sort of weird uh, ritual that they go through. Yeah, I don't, yeah I'm so... Anyway, but yeah, I've done one dog year. I've done a dog year of comedy. So you were in the in the day job. Uh, was it just days? Yeah, days. Yeah, and, and like you, I was also a travelling engineer though as well. So I was like right. around the country oh. installing stuff, which helped when I was an open when I was just doing the open mic scene. Oh, yeah, because then I could just be somewhere and just go right. What's around this area? Can mm-hmm. I come and do it? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yes. Yeah. So I got loads of stage time. But then when it got to a different area where I was booked in at places. Mm-hmm. It made it so much more difficult with my job because it's like sometimes I could be in Cornwall and then I'd have to be back in Manchester on the night yeah. and things like that. So it just made it a bit awkward. You sleep in your car and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's so a tough one. Yeah, it? that's when I was just like, I need to. Something needs to stop and it mm. doesn't need to be the comedy. That's the thing that I love. It's not. I used to love IT. Don't love it anymore. I uh, found something else. Man, it's like I tried to do that IT, IT course before I left. Like my job, I hated my job as well for like seven years or so. Seven years as well, again. That's mad. Seven, yeah, yeah. And, it's always uh, a seven year itch. I left that job before I did I was like right I need to get something under my belt and I can fall back on IT great do the odd you know shift here and there or whatever and I did that Professor Messers thing you know oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. man he's, he's great he's yeah. great but his voice is so <laughs> monotone yeah you want to lift it off the page a little bit totally just, just put some energy into do, it you, do you know how many hours there are on this course <laughs> you, need to, you need to help me out here you know exactly it's just like oh and I, and I, I slogged through it I did the exam the Comptia A plus exam I just I didn't get past it by fifty points. I was like, oh fuck it then. And I didn't go back. But the one which I found was really interesting, right? This is IT nerding out here. But the the one that I found really interesting, the course was the CBT Nuggets. CBT Nuggets is great. Brilliant. Yeah, mate. I was like, this guy. I got is... me that got me through my what have I done? So I've got an MCSE in mm. Windows two thousand and thirteen mm. or eleven. I've got MCSE in SQL Server. Mm. I've got. CCNA, so I'm Cisco qualified as well. Yeah. They're all CCC and CBT nuggets. They did it all on that all brilliant. on there. They're brilliant, and he makes it so interesting. And he just goes in. I was like, this guy's explaining hexadecimal to me, and I'm actually getting it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's good. I was just bouncing off. I was like, oh man, this guy is just doing my nuts. <laughs> just bored. Totally. It just, I just, yeah. just like kill me. I just want yeah. to get to the. You just put a barrier up when you're like, oh, I can't. Yeah. It's like you can't listen to his voice anymore. Yeah, that was yeah. it. When you did your first gig, when was that? Uh, my first gig was my first proper gig was at. 
It was a work, so I did a workshop, so I did a, a course, a comedy course. Oh yeah, who was that with? Uh, it was a guy called Liam Jones, which I don't think there's anything to do with comedy anymore. I don't think he'd really done much to do with comedy at the start. He'd done a few gigs and stuff like that. I think he's from Wolverhampton. So mm-hmm. I went to the course. Six weeks of doing that course. We did, what, three hours every Saturday, I think it was. Mm. Just sitting down writing. There was about 20 of us in the course. And I'm doing them down to about 10 by the end of it. Mm. Our graduation gig was at Highlight, which is now... Was then Jonglers and then has now become Comedy Loft in mm. Birmingham. And there was 200 people there because it was friends and family of everyone that was on the course. We all had 10 tickets to sell. That was it. The 10 minutes there and it was the most exciting time of my life. And I just caught the bug straight from that. Were we on the course with anyone that you are on the circuit now as well? Yeah, there is. Well, there's me, Aaron Twitchin. He was on my, on the course with me. Mm. Uh, and Lee Dempsey, he was on the course. But Lee, he does improv now. So he's mm. in uh, one of the improv groups in Birmingham. That's mm. where Lee is. So Lee's still doing comedy. Some of the people started, did it a year, dropped off, came back. There's lots of people that do that. Mm. Lots of people still in contact with on Facebook and stuff, but they don't really do comedy anymore. They gave up. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's all, yeah, I think they just decided it wasn't for them, or it's just too much work, or life gets in the way. Mm, I mean, I've had a, you know, I've, I've had it lucky with the fact that my wife's quite happy with what I do. Mm. I can see what I mean. I, I, I say that I'm divorced. My first book, my first marriage, kind of broke down because of comedy. Um, Great material, though. <laughs> you know, give me an hour. Give, give me something to do in Edinburgh for for, for a bit, right. <laughs> and, then, and then my wife. Now we met. I think because we met when I was doing comedy, and she met me. She came to a gig. She knew what I did. I haven't got that abrasion now in the relationship. It's already set. It's conditioned. Yeah, you're already doing that. That's how we met you. That's what you do. And you're sometimes not in at night. That's true. Most of the week. I think sometimes it helps to really. Because you you appreciate when you see each other then. It's like, rather than going, oh right, seeing each other every evening, what are you going to do? There's only so much Netflix you can watch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. And what's been good with us is because we've just bought a pub together. Mm. So we're renovating that. So she's renovating that during the day. Then I left my day job, so now I'm at home in the day. So mm-hmm. now it becomes things like a Wednesday is a nice day for us because it's like, oh, we can just sit and do nothing today. We can sit and watch Netflix rather than it being a Saturday or a Sunday or a Friday night so we mm-hmm. get to see each other in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's all going to change when that pub opens and mm-hmm. we won't see each other again. Whereabouts is the pub? It's in Sutton Ashfield near Mansfield. We just renovated the flat mm-hmm. and we're renovating the rest of the pub out. And you said you're going to have a... A comedy room in there as well. Yeah, there's a massive, huge events room as well, which we've got. Which we that's the bit we're just doing at the minute, and I'm really looking forward to opening that and having chairs and tables and a mm. stage and getting proper lights set up. So we've got like a proper lighting area, mm. mixer, all sort of set in situ, ready to go. So we want to try and build it as it needs to be, rather than it being like a pop up. I want it to be like a proper. This is where comedy set. happens. Yeah, settle. Yeah. You want like the, the cinema chairs and everything? Yeah, that's it, yeah. The balcony and the whole Oh, I love a balcony. <laughs> I don't know if I can build a balcony. I'm doing everything myself. I don't know if I'm allowed to build a balcony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a couple of lifeguard chairs. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That could work. Yeah, there's <laughs> loads of lifeguard chairs at the back and then just start cutting them down slowly so it makes it theatre seating. That works, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm going to do that. And, uh, why did you start? Why did you start comedy? Why'd I was you- bored um, on a Saturday because my wife at the time. Uh, she was the teaching. She was a teaching assistant, and she was doing some Saturday work at one of these places we go to, to do extra education. I was bored on a Saturday, so every Saturday I was on my own from like ten till five. And I got bored, and I was just look, looked around Birmingham. And I was like, "What? What to do in Birmingham on a Saturday?" And I saw this comedy course. I was like, oh, "I'll have a go at that." And I've been tempted with it from when we got married, and I did my wedding speech, and I enjoyed writing that, and I enjoyed making people laugh. Uh, and then Chris Stokes, between from London, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's actually the godson of my ex 
father and mother-in-law. It's odd because me and Chris both went to each other's first weddings. Because Chris is now divorced as well. Oh, right. We both both went to each other's weddings and now we're both we're both on the circuit. It's quite weird when we see each other. But there's no, no weirdness. <laughs> High-fiving on <Yeah>. that. <laughs> we've done well. Look at this. Wedding of life, 34, divorced. <laughs> but because he was at the wedding yeah. and he saw me do my speech, he said, that's really funny. You know, you should, have you ever thought about it? I was like, nah, not really. And then that, but I think that was kind of like a bit of a an earworm. It yeah. just sort of got into my head, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I should do this." I always make people laugh, you know? and then yeah. saw the course, went for it, and thought, "Right, I'm just going to do it." Six weeks, and I was that was it. Yeah. Six weeks crash course in comedy mm. didn't teach me anything of what I know now. To be fair, with the course, right, you get some real head case. I mean, I might have been one of the head cases. People might look to me and go, oh, "This is like a head case." Yeah, you know, on anything, like you go, "Okay, uh, do you did you have anyone on the course that was a little bit okay? This person is slightly mental." I think that was Aaron. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron was the mental one on my yeah. course. There was one guy who, I think he's still, he's still kind of, every now and again I see him at a gig. I'm not going to name him, but mm. he used to turn up to gigs. Apparently he used to turn up to karaoke gig with his own microphone and plug it in and then just do, do, just do a stand-up set. That's how he said he got into comedy. Now, I don't think that was true, but that was like his story. I think he thought it was all funny, but it wasn't. I like off-the-wall comedy, but that just, there was no structure to it. Well, just, there was no wall, it was just off. No, yeah, it was just off. I just didn't know what he was doing. And it just, it just, also, it, it, it just tried to weird people out as much as you can. Which I like weird comedy, mm. but it went too far. It was too being too weird. I always think, try and be funny first and then try and add your weirdness mm. in. I remember when I did a course, there was a guy and he put some music on. And it was like, you know, that, um, that stripping music, you know, nah, 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 yeah. and he did start, he, he stripped. He stripped down, completely bollock naked, and then got some matches and set light to his pubes. What? I know. In a course? In a course. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. What an opening act. Yeah, but you can only do it once, can't you? Every now and again. <laughs> What's he going to do? Yeah. You have to wait now six weeks at least for some hair growth. Exactly. That is a, that is a, he's <laughs> not going to earn massive money on the circuit. <laughs> yeah. I could gig every two months. Wait, me joke burns all my hair off. I'm brilliant. We have to get a merkin or something and then, yeah. but, but then that's the, the, the polyester might stick to your, yeah, that's it. You don't want that. No, you're going to have to start. Mm. Just get a better opening joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a commitment. Full yeah, commitment that is full commitment. Yeah. And you did that. Where was your first gig then? First gig was Highlight in Birmingham. So it was 200 people. When people say, where was your first gig? I'll say Highlight in Birmingham. But it was a workshop. Graduation from a course. I don't class that as my first ever real gig. Because it was... From what I can see now, it was easy. Because it was all family and friends. Everyone was desperately there to watch everyone do really well. Everyone was really up for it. My first proper gig was in Coventry at the Phoenix, and I had a much tougher time than I thought I was going to have. <laughs> Uh, yeah. to the eight people that were in the oh, audience oh, <laughs> I've done that room as well I've done that room as well it's like a it, it's a it's a nice room it's a perfect comedy but, room but but this one thing about it is that it absorbs every bit of laughter yeah and sat, you can't like most places you can hear a little bit of feedback from the, the reverberation yeah. of the, 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 the mic or, no it sucks everything in it yeah it absolutely it's, it's so acoustically sound that yeah. you're you're like doing it in a, in a a sound booth. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah, to, you get no, you get no background noise at mm. all, and everything get. Yeah, that's true. And there's no rolling. You think that there's no rolling. Thing yeah, it's like almost it. as if they laugh, stop, yeah. and that stop just goes like it's like a, a click, and everyone's off again. And you've got to try and build it back up again. Yeah. yeah, and those eight people in the middle of that room are didn't like, help. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, like they're, it's like they're survivors of a shipwreck or something. Yeah, it? oh, it's, if, yeah. they weren't up for it either. I think some oh, of them. I think no. there was probably four of them been dragged up from the bar. Mm. So there was three comedy on upstairs, and they're like, oh, all right, we'll go. And I opened. 
again, it was kind of it wasn't organised by the guy that did our course, but it was kind of like it was on the back off the back of that. The, the, yeah. I think the MC that was at our graduation was an MC in that gig, and he said, "Oh, you should come down and do this one." So I did. And it was like I think again, there was four of us on that were on the course that had gone down to do that gig, and we all had an absolute torrid time. Then my third gig was at the Bush in Craigley Heath. And that went amazingly well, brilliant. And that, that, that was when I properly caught the bug of just going, this is what I want to do now. I think that's it. And when I look back on it now, and I look back at that old material, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the worst material I think I've ever done. It's yeah. just awful. Yeah. I think I write, I write stuff now that I, I throw away, which is better than that. I, I don't know how I managed to get to where I got to with that material. That's one thing I always think about. I must have been all right, otherwise I wouldn't be where I am now. But it wasn't good. No, it never is good at the beginning. <laughs> don't yeah, like listening back to any of the old stuff. No, it's, it's pretty... I, I did like a about... I did my last two years of my stuff. It's just... It's, it's, you've got to face it, haven't you? You've got to face yeah. every horror that you've well, created. This, yeah, this year I have recorded so far every gig I've done. Hmm. So we're in the end of Feb. So I've got like 50 recordings to, that I haven't properly listened to yet. But I've listened to some of them. So I've been doing the new stuff. I've been doing the Leicester Comedy Festival. So I wanted to listen to that. I wanted to do Leicester Comedy Festival. It was kind of a work in progress slash half an hour of good. So I wanted to try and record that on my, uh, and get a decent recording to possibly release it as audio. So I've listened back to that and it sounds good. Mm. I'm thinking though, in like three years' time, I'm going to listen back to it. Oh, God, why did mm. I, Why was I doing that? It's always the way, though, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. It's always the way. You always just, hopefully, you, you're so self-aware that you get better and better. Yeah. So otherwise, you're like, I mean, if you thought it was amazing every time, like, Get nowhere. I smashed it there. I never would have hate you. Look how brilliant I've done. That's I'm it. giving up comedy now. I'm going to retire and just release that every couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'll just do it once. That's all I need to do now. <laughs> yeah, one DVD. Yeah. That's all I need. That's all I need. So do you do improv and stuff as well? I've done a bit of improv. I've not done a lot. I, I, I've found that I am not an improv person. Right. Uh, but I have emceed a couple of improv gigs. Uh, which led me into doing a bit of improv, but... I did it at a proper improv night in Leicester uh, about three years ago. I realised at that point that it, I don't think improv's for me. I'm not that sort of person. I don't. I think I'm too closed off. Or I'm, I think what they said to me was, "You're always looking to try and make yourself the funniest person." And that doesn't help with improv. And maybe I was in the wrong place. I'm, always, I always keep thinking, maybe we should go back to it because I like MCing and I'm quite good as an MC. That's it. That's so it, it help would help with that. I, think. I mean, like, like I did. Uh, I was doing a Morris gig about. Oh, I was about maybe it must be about eight months ago now. And I did when I was doing level one, and I was like, okay, I'm really enjoying the MCing, and you know, it was the first lot of paid stuff I'd gotten, um, like about a year before I did this one gig, and I was like, oh great, I just mess about, and Matt Green was headlining, and I was just like, oh, you know, it was one of those moments, like those kind of those milestones, go, oh, I am good at this, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, 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 and then it. I was like, I was up there, I was like, okay, and just having fun with them and just creating stuff, you know, giving me some suggestions, whatever it was. Like you know, even just their job or, or a little thing I saw in the crowd, and just kind of building it there. And you know, like you know, Danny Nightingale, right? Yeah. About maybe an eighth as good as Danny. Nightingale. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, and that is probably big in myself. Yeah, that's what, that's great. You know, I mean, he, like, <laughs> I was like, just you know, he can just put shit. You're like, oh my god, this guy is he's incredible. Oh, he's amazing. He's one of the best MCs in the country. I know. I saw him at the press in the Frog like one 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 time, and I was like. Oh my god, this guy's fucking incredible! And they were giving him nothing, but he was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, just like, all out of it, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan was the one person that I saw. And I thought that's what you need to do: mm. just commit, absolutely, massive, all in. Mm. No, no method, no half-assed, standing mm. back and taking. If you're going to do a bit, commit to it. And that's, that's it. what I did when I wrote my newest stuff. And I've got some accents and stuff like that. That like mm. doing it, I do some, I do like an accent, a couple of impressions and stuff. 
For when I first started, I remember doing it for the first time I ever did that stuff. I did it at Jonglers in Leeds, and I don't know why I did it. Mm. I just went on stage and went, I'm going to do new stuff tonight on a mm. Friday night. Of course this is going to work. Mm. And it was horrible because I stood back and I was like, not confident with it. And mm. then I went, I saw Dan, and he was just killing it. And I was like, well, you just need to just get right into it. So now it's just all in. Yeah. No messing, just do the accents and just yeah. really act it out. I think that's the thing I started doing. Feet first. Yeah, feet, literally feet first, mm. yeah. <laughs> literally feet first, all the way back. Yeah. You know when you start, you think to so, yourself, I'll never be able to go up there with nothing. Yeah. I'll never, I'll, ne- I'll never have the confidence or balls to go, all right guys, uh, I'll make something up that's original and still you. Yeah. But you, you can, eventually when you're that relaxed, you go, okay, well this is what I'm doing. And, yeah, um, I mean, I've done. I mean, I, like you said, I had that epiphany moment because I've run my own that gig. Well, you've done my gig, haven't you? Mm. Uh, that in Mel Mowbray, and I MC that every month, so it's always me. And it wasn't until a year in that I, I, there was one year I, I was trying to write for it, so I was writing MC stuff for it. And then there was one time I got there and just had a busy week. God, I've written nothing, mm. so then I was just like, I've written nothing, and then I just went on stage and said, I've written nothing. What what's going on? And then that, that was when it's now it's become a thing where I just mm. say, what's going on in Melton now? Then and then mm. like, people stop talking, and I and, and, and came off. I'd done like fifteen minutes, Brilliant. and I was just like, wow. And it wasn't wasn't a bad fifteen minutes. Mm. It wasn't like the most stellar fifteen minutes you're ever going to see an MC do. But it got them going. They were all up for yeah. it, and then it was. And that was when I thought. Yeah, you can you can do this without the material. Yeah, you've got you've, you've got <laughs> and, the person to put it off. Quit writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I was burnt all my notebooks. <laughs> I've never used them ever since. Smash my iPad. Smash every computer. Don't need it. Don't need it. Don't need anything. to read the paper and have one person in front of me, and I can make a joke. <laughs> Question: What is it you do? Ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Something, if something goes wrong whatever it is you, you'll have something for it yes, and, and that's yeah. what I was looking for as well I was like oh well if I can develop this it'll help him with my writing because sometimes you get that fear of like you write a show and go oh man do I have enough I don't know if I have enough to fill this fucker out yeah. you know you're like oh, and then that and then like no I just I'll, I'll, rather than having that fear it's like <laughs> hey well, uh, uh, got 25 minutes <laughs> yeah uh, with yeah. a laugh so that I can do a bit of padding that's an hour isn't it <laughs> you know do a bit of interaction not interaction I mean, it's a 10 minutes at the start or I'm just doing a bit of MC there's a yeah. 15 minute bucket speech at the end it'll be absolutely fun I think we need a break I think we definitely need a break <laughs> yeah, that with lack to be alright <laughs> when I was doing level 1 I was doing this university gig in, in Bristol and I was down there and I was like alright and seven up and and like the call time was like half six. I was like, fuck, it's a bit early for a call. All right, fine. Got there early on, on time, whatever. And they said, do you want to start at seven? I said, well, is that how things go here? I'm surely we'll start at seven if that's the way things run here. And then anyway, start at seven. And we got to the, through the opening act of the break, the two middle acts. And then I was like, okay, well, the headliner isn't here yet. Well, when is he going? So I had a 10 minute break. Okay, we give it make it fifteen minute break, and I was like, "Oh shit, I've got to fill here." Yeah. And so I did. I did like in the end, I ended up doing I think uh, like forty minutes or so of like just Filling. messing about. Wow. And I was like, I would never have been able to do that. No, before. God, that would have just. I, I would just. I would. I, I was like, "Is this gonna?" I, just, I didn't know if it was gonna work, but I thought I'm gonna try this anyway. Because well, yeah, gotta do something. Exactly. Should have just gone round again. <laughs> Should have just got the opening to come back on and do another, another fifteen. I thought of doing that. I did think of doing that, but I thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got this, guys. So yeah, that's good. So. Do you you do you do anything else apart from just the comedy and and you know, with the pub game? This is enough. I mean, what else do you do to um, live your life, man? What what else happens? 
Nothing much really. That's pretty much my life at the minute. Is the lot is is the pub and and, and comedy. Mm. It's taken up a lot, but then the pub is so many different things. I mean, like I put a kitchen in last week. Mm-hmm. Well, before Christmas, I put a kitchen in. I've been putting bathrooms in. I've been standing bars. I've been putting. It's so many different skills that I've never had to do before. It's great. It's kind of that's distracting in itself. And then the wife, she just at the moment she's painting this massive painting on a massive wall, and she's doing health and safety exams so she's doing that and then doing a health and safety exam it's like the weirdest mixture mixture of stuff but it's what needs to happen I'll be tiling next week probably whilst putting up CCTV cameras so it's like all this sort of stuff comes in so my IT stuff comes in anyway as well so I do a bit of IT stuff get the Wi-Fi now yeah Wi-Fi's in <laughs> done Wi-Fi's on <laughs> I need it for YouTube so I can go okay how do you do this <laughs> yeah okay good that's, right, that's yeah. how you do that it that is literally how it worked in the kitchen I literally did Google and YouTube how do you put these handles on doors I don't know how you do that and then it shows you how to do it and I was like oh, that's great I know you feel like a, you feel like a king don't you I felt like an idiot oh. <laughs> I felt like an idiot looking on YouTube to how to put a handle on yeah. but when I was trying to put the kitchen in it was an absolute nightmare because mm. nothing fitted it was all like I had to I didn't realise you watch people put kitchens in they do it in like half a day it took me a week to do a kitchen and that was because I was like well it's in and then like you'd push the cabinets and they weren't level because the walls aren't level you don't realise that they're always cutting stuff off the back of the cabinets that's why they've got so much space but I, was, I didn't know any of that until I looked on that's YouTube and, and saw and, and cried went on yeah I was like, oh god I've, yeah. got to, I've got to buy a jigsaw now mm. so I was doing everything I just thought I'd put it all together it's square put it in that corner and there's, there's a moment of buying those tools and you go this might be the last time I, the first and last time I ever used this uh, saw exactly yeah. yeah that was exactly mm. what I thought I thought I'm never going to use this again and then I had to go back and buy more bits for it because I, I managed to run it, out, run it out I think I got overconfident confident this year I put in a, a I put in a bathroom fan and I was like oh, I stood back and went oh electricity nailed it I put it up and I was like oh, look. and I said to the wife do you see that it's working it's working it's perfect <laughs> on it goes click on click off it was perfect I got overconfident with that and then I, I bought myself a, a laptop uh, and fucking from eBay and there's some fucking prick right sent me this laptop and there was I opened it it was like a, it was a MacBook Pro an old one like you know an A reconditioned yeah yeah I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like you know, I'm researching that much. I'm like, I've got all the serial numbers in my head now. It's like, oh, one of these. I'm like, oh, it's that one. So the R key popped out as soon as I opened it, and he didn't put that in the picture, and so it cost me more money to send it back to him. And it was, I was like, you, you know, you should have said that. You yeah. should have fucking said that in the in the in the fucking description. But I was like, okay, no, I'm not. I'll take this. Out. I'll just give him really bad feedback because that'll help me. Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, just be passive aggressive on eBay. Totally yeah. dishonest fucker. Yeah. That'll, that'll help me. Yeah, right? that's you know, what I think. That's, that's, that's the way I think the world's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to end with terrible feedback <laughs> terrible feedback on eBay that's where it starts Amazon eBay that's where all the feedback starts you yeah. send someone shit I've had someone send me shit on eBay I got so annoyed because he was desperate for my I was selling my Xbox 360 and he yeah. was like I was selling it and he got it cheap I only lived I think he lived in the next village or something like mm-hmm. that but I was making loads of money on the posters and packaging mm-hmm. I was like he's like I'll come and fetch it then did the poster I was like no <laughs> <laughs> I am, so I posted it to him yeah. so he could have come and got it that afternoon but he didn't get it for another four days oh, and he right. gave me so much bad feedback did he? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah what did he say? It was, it was just like I can't believe I was offered to go and pick it up he refused to it was really uh, unapproachable I even know where he lived so I was like oh my god <laughs> it's stalker <laughs> it's going to be there yeah. yeah wow yeah oh. So I so I did the same thing. I gave really terrible feedback as well. Do you think like the, the terrible feedback thing is a bit like the fifth element? You know, when that big dark cloud <laughs> of evil it starts to come towards the earth. Do you think it's all that that negative karma coming? Do you it'll all come in? I think it might be more like more like the Black Mirror with the the bad. Have you seen Black Mirror with the feedback on yeah. with the social media stuff? 
There's one where they just flick you. They, they flick stars at you. No, I haven't seen That's that. That's in the one. new series. There's What's a new one where you 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 and that that increases your rating. And so you've mm. got like you've got like nine point nine people, and then mm. you've got like three point two people, and you can only do certain things if you're in certain categories. Isn't there? I've someone told me about this already. And there's one part when she gets to the airport. And she yeah. Goes, oh, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she gets there, and so she bumps into someone, so they just demote her. So they give yeah. her a bad feedback, which brings her average down, which means she can't get onto the right plane. Man. So then she just kicks off, and then you just see the spiral. <laughs> everyone's just throwing her bad feedback. You see her just coming all the way down until she's just outside in a mud puddle, just like, what's happened to my life? That's a great metaphor for the comedy industry as well, though, isn't it, really? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what Edinburgh's like. <laughs> you can have one good yeah. review, yeah. and then you'll get seven terrible ones, and you just feel like you're on your, on your ass. You see, you're like falling down the hill. But yeah, I, I, got, this, uh, I got this laptop, and, and when I had it, I, I was like, oh, you know, I can replace the keyboard. How hard could it be? You know, I was like, yeah, it should be fine. I got the tools and everything. It's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, you know, there's something on the list. And you're like, there's something on this list. And it's really stressing me out. And I was like, and I was like, oh, it's definitely, the, definitely a replacement of the keyboard. Took off the back, uh, you know, the back of them. Took, oh, I can do the feet. It's like, oh, got the feet as well because of feet missing. Whatever. Yeah. And so I'm going to do this. And then I was like, oh, just... I got to the screw bit, took off the screws, yeah, killing it, put them in little different containers, and then I'll just take off the ribbons. Oh, <laughs> ribbon ripped, pulled off. I think the, the connector the on connect. the ribbon, the, the the white bit that flicks up. You know the bit that you know the, the okay. So if we go around the, the keyboard like this, right? Yeah, it's the one there that doesn't come off. Yeah, it's that one there. I, I was like, oh, that comes off, right? No, yeah, no. Okay. So I ripped that off, and I was like, oh no, I've broken this fucking thing now. I, I rang up the tech support that I have that's nearby, and I said, this was like a. No, Half ten at night. I was like, uh, "Hey man, uh, I've just broke. Do you do uh, do you do Apple Max?" Uh, and well, yes, I do. Is it because he knows me? He's been come to the gig before, and, yeah. and, and so he came and picked it up straight away. And I was like, "There you go." I felt so so ashamed. I was like, <laughs> "Giving oh. it to a man." I was, he told it exactly, exactly. It's not fair. You should you should get someone else to collect that. You know, like anonymous drop yeah, off point. That's exactly what happened with the kitchen. When I was putting the kitchen in, there was one bit I could not get right. There was two cabinets that would look perfect. Everything was level. You pushed it against the wall so it was flat against the wall and everything went out of shape. Oh, no. I was like, I don't understand. I don't... And I was cutting bits off the back. It was, I was slowly like hammering it down. There was barely anything left to make any adjustment with. I was like, I've got no idea what I've got to do. And Gabby's, uh, my wife's uncle came round, who's a, a joiner. Uh, he came round and he, he came round and he went, oh yeah, I know what to do with that. And he just got one saw and went... <laughs> and, it just, and that was it. it was, I was like, what the... No, I feel like an idiot. That's it. But he's been doing it for thirty years. Of course, he knows what to do. Why did I not ask him? Yeah, it's like, like why are you crying, John? Oh, just because I'm so. Happy. I'm so happy. That's now level. <laughs> no, you just made, literally made me emasculated. That's what I've been down here for two days, shouting and screaming. <laughs> and they're like, uh, uh, sit there going, that one thing, like yeah. they're rolling his eyes at you, going, gosh, you should have just ran. Are you sure, Gabby? Are you sure? He can't work us off. Can we? Can we break this off? Now? Totally, totally. How badly do you need this guy? You know, yeah, he's, he can't even do this. <laughs> can't even do a cupboard. Right. So, how long have you been married to your wife? Uh, we have now been uh, married. Uh, it's nearly a year. It'll be a year in May. What does she do? That's it. She's just literally ran about in the pub. All oh, right, cool. She uh, used to work in PR, um, and then she awesome. That's good for you then as well. Brilliant for me. Some yeah. Oh, and loads of stuff. Mm. Like she does all my press releases. She does everything for me. Amazing. Writes them all out for me. She used to do PR for like Lidl and Aldi. So. She's really in there, like when they were on the way up as well. So yeah. she's the one that got like uh, Irish 
know, Welsh lamb into into Lidl and all that sort of mm. stuff, and then she got them all into the newspapers and all that sort oh. of stuff. So she got out at the right time then after Brexit and the, the Lidl and Aldi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she got out <laughs> and she just went, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Go try and sell to people that don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she that's what she did. She worked for sales on sales for a bit yeah. the year that we first got together, so that she could build up some money to get this pub and then. Cool. Now she's not worked for she's not worked for two years. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I don't realise where, where all my money's gone. <laughs> yeah, she's not worked for two years, but she's running back to the pub, yeah. and that's what she's doing. And then hopefully that's going to be hours and, mm. and, and, a, and a thing that we do, and that could pay the bills. Hopefully, whilst I go out and do comedy in the night, I don't know when this pub's going to be open. In the day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they don't like to do anything. We're hoping it. I mean, not that you want people to have a trigger problem, but hopefully they'll come in the day. Do you think as well? Yeah, we're, well, we're hoping it's going to be, because there's quite a lot of walks and stuff around by where we are, so mm. we're hoping that there's going to be coffee and cake might become a thing, because uh, we bought a massive coffee machine at an auction for really cheap. Nice. So we're going to have proper coffee, so we're going to do proper mm. steamed milk and all that sort of stuff. We'll do flat whites, all the, all the hipster stuff. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be a thing for, and then we'll try and sell it to old ladies, I think course say like a, a cereal shelf as well yeah 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 oh definitely yeah. definitely <laughs> in fact I've got, I might, if I've got a bit of time today I might go down to Shoreditch and go to the cereal bar mm. yeah <laughs> £3 for a bowl of cereal or something is it yeah £3.50 £3. £3. I think didn't they get trashed or something they? they got trashed I've been in there once and I everyone's like oh you don't want to do that and I walked in and it's not just a cereal bar mm. it's a place you can go and sit and eat and, have something to, have something, and I'll get your laps back and do that but also they don't just do cereal they do cereal cocktails so I had one that was called the Honey Monster, mm. which was Golden Graham's Honey Nut Loops, some sort of weird teddy bear like cake thing with honey drizzled on it, mm. and then and then honey milk, all in one bowl for like four fifty. So it's not just mm. cereal; it's, yeah. they're doing something special. Yeah, if, if I walked in there when Casam Rice Krispies please, and they went three fifty, I'd be like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, it's true. Anyway, and I, I, I want to see the box. I want to see <laughs> yeah, that. I know no, that is yeah. the shitty. That's not a little. <laughs> is that a little Rice Krispies you're giving me? You. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Man. Do, do you do any other writing as well? No, I'm trying to at the minute. I'm, at the moment, I'm halfway. Halfway through my first draft script of a, I'm trying to write a sitcom, uh, a radio sitcom. So it's going to be a radio thing. I think it's easier, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. Well, I looked at that. I was like, production value wise, that's perfect. I reckon I could do it in a room like this. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> I've just got two microphones. Exactly. Yeah. So I think so. That's the idea. I'm writing that, yeah. and then I'll send that off to my script. I've got a couple of mates that are script editors and stuff mm. like that. So I write it, send it to them, say, "What do you think to that?" And they'll be like, eh, "Do this, do that." So hopefully, I'll get something from that. That's it, I just do comedy, that, I don't do any other writing. I want to, I want to try and write for other things, but I never know what to write for. It's a time as well, isn't it? It's like, you know, you want to sleep sometimes, you've got the pub, you're renting yeah. as well. Yeah, I suppose, that's true. You know, when maybe you've got all that done, maybe that's it, you can... Try to do something too much. You know, you're just, otherwise just diluting everything, aren't you, really? Yeah, concentrate on two things, I think. It comes to me in, in, in bits, though, so like all of a sudden I'll, like, I'll have a massive day, of like, oh, write that, do that, get all those ideas up. Like, mm. my show idea came... In an hour's sit down in a Costa in South End last week, where mm. I just went, I had all these ideas for a show. Well, I didn't even have, I had bits, I had stories that I'd written because of storytelling. I had stories I'd written, none of them really had that much of a link. And then I just thought about this one big story and I went, well, that could actually mm. overarch everything. So this becomes that, that, that. And I was like, I drew it out of the storyboard. I was like, that really works. And that's one of the things I'm going to speak to my agent about today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think this works? Mm. You want to go, 
No, John, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> it's gone. That makes no sense whatsoever. What are you even talking about? Oh, man. Delphine, is it? Yeah, Delphine. And, and yeah. if she, like, kind of actually kind of cares what you're doing while they're going, you've got to show up, you've got to make some money. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, she's, she's, she's yeah, she's really, yeah, she's really good at guiding. She's great. She's properly, when we first met after I'd signed with her, we were sat down in Soho uh, Theatre Cat Bar and she just went out on a big sheet of paper, just planned out the next year as like career progression where we'll get to names of places that we'll definitely get into, places that we'll try to, that sort of stuff and where we're aiming for. That's great, man. It's brilliant. She's absolutely amazing. And she's the most calming person, other than my wife. Those two together are like a tag team yeah. of calming me down. Great. Because I get so nervous and anxious mm. about things. And then I just have to, like, I'll sit and I'll just be really nervous. And Gabby go, what's the matter? I'm like, oh, it's this. And I'll like, go off on, like, ah. And she'll like, no, no, that's real. Mm-hmm. Just forget about it and get on with what you're doing. Yeah. Then I'll speak to Delphine and Delphine will be like, yeah, you're absolutely fine. Mm. <laughs> Why are you even worried about this? I had one because I had to do a gig in Scarborough for, I think it was Robin Perkins booked me for it. Mm. Delphine booked it. And I did not know until two days before it was a clean gig. Right. No swearing, no references, no nothing. I didn't know until two days before. So, mm. I had to, so I had an absolute meltdown. Like, I can't do that. Two yeah. days, I can cut all the swearing that I'm mm-hmm. doing. I don't do a lot of swearing, but a lot of the references are sort of like... I've got some references towards sexual stuff and being mm-hmm. fun. You know what I mean? I've got yeah. all that in, in the set, but only like tongue in cheek, but I can't use any of that. Mm-hmm. Freaked out, and Delphine rang me and she was just like, What are you freaking out about? It'll be absolutely fine. I went there and I had the best gig I've ever had. For, not ever had, but one of the best gigs I could think about having in a room where I was having to permanently think on stage yeah. about, no, Don't say that, don't swear, mm-hmm. don't now go into that bit. Yeah. I had such a great time. I came off and uh, rang Delphine and I was just like, Went brilliantly. She went, yeah, I knew it, knew it would. Mm. Because you're proper professional. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Because you, you think to yourself, right, okay, I'm going to tr- control this one thing. The more I push it down, the more it's going to pop up again. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna, it's, I'm going to go... I was so scared. Totally. I, so, I put the microphone back in yeah. and I went, thank you very much, good night. And I literally walked off stage going, I did not say fuck. Thank God for that. <laughs> good night, you fuckers. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Got like a radio mic on. It's like, oh, thank like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was one of the most... It was horrendously... Thinking about it before we got up there, I drove up there with Duncan Oakley, we were both in the car, and Duncan does some great stuff, and he's very yeah. good with kids' comedy and that sort of thing. I had nothing, I was like, have you ever done it before? I was like, no. Was that what it was, kids' comedy? It wasn't kids, it was for a Chris, It was for the YMCA, YMCA Theatre, so they had... It was being run by kids that were in the YMCA, so there was, mm. was like 14-year-olds at the sound desk, and there was like families and all that in there, mm. so it was a lovely thing, it was really nice, they were great, those kids were absolutely amazing what they did, they were really like, really like on it. And it was nice to see someone that was really bothered about you being there. They're like, right, do you want to do a sound check? When does, it, when does anyone ever ask you to do a sound check? I was just an opening act. That was amazing, but it was one of the most scariest experiences of my life. So terrifying. Far. Terrifying, yeah, it was terrifying. A bit like when you did your first gig, terrifying, was it? Yes, yeah, that, that, that fear. I had those nerves. I can remember feeling I had those nerves sat backstage. I had those, that knot in my stomach. I was yeah. like, oh my God. And the first thing you say, so it was literally the first joke again because I knew it had to have no swearing in it. I couldn't just go out there and, and sit back on my laurels and mm. be a bit like, I'll oh, just put a fucking there in it. Yeah. Just right now. <laughs> Even though now I listen back to some of the stuff, I'm like, I'm swearing far too much now. Yeah. I don't use a lot of swearing, mm. but there was enough in it to. to <laughs> I wouldn't have got paid. <laughs> no. That's it, because you think to yourself, those gigs. 
they there's like a sort of like a, that a circuit for like those sort of kids gigs as yeah. well, isn't there? And like, like I remember doing, like, was it, I think it was the last. It was in January. I did a tryout for comic for kids. Yeah, and exactly the same. I was terrified. I was like, I am gonna say something horrendous. I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna do something suggestive. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna come out of this mouth. Yeah. It's just because I'll be in the moment. And I was there with uh, Glenn Moore. Yeah. And he was doing his trial as well, and I was there. And Marcus Bergman was on the bill, and there was a couple of other acts as well. But I went and did my my bit, and then uh, I, I I said like, because I you know it's a silly little bit of the names which because I was born in, and I go when, and they go, and they all went, and I people adults usually go winter no, and the kids went all of them summer, and I was like that's a joke, that's, a joke. that's good, that's all right. And I was like just sort of playing with it like, and, and then I just like, all right messed with that, and there's a couple of references in there. I was like talking about my name about. Lord of the Rings or whatever but I didn't use a Lord of the Rings reference instead I used Charlie the Chocolate Factory yeah. and then one of the kids who was like four went Lord of the Rings and I was like that's the reference I didn't think you'd get <laughs> <laughs> you know? so did you write for that did you specifically write a set I sort of I sort of wrote a few little bits which I I mean some, you know some, you see my set but like there's some bits which I sort of shaped and shaved off and yeah. thought changed the references and, and didn't do any innuendo of any kind but it was it was only five minutes set, and like I, I would, I would just sort of stayed. The MC stuff really helps you with that because because you connect with the audience exactly, right? and you and you're not afraid to see what because because it, it's it's sheer carnage because they're constantly going meh, meh, meh. and I saw a lot of acts kind of doing their going through their material in the fact that you're thinking to yourself, you know, yourself, you, you sometimes you have a gig and and you go up to do your set and you're like, oh, these guys are mental. This is I'm not going to get through my set. This is what it's like. It's like a Saturday night mental yeah. piss crowd. But they're ha- they're fun, but just insane. They're not listening you know? to material. They're not listening to pre-paid, pre-prepared stuff. They're yeah. in the moment. There you go. What's happening on stage? We're right here. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, why Talk not? to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what it was like, and so that was that was what how, how fun it was. It was like, okay, what's going to happen now? And they were like, and so I was like, okay. And the MC stuff really helped me. We just go, oh, oh, we're just going to go with this. I was like, oh, my time's up. Oh no, okay, better do a joke, you yeah. know, and then just finish. And but it was just so much fun, and I was like, oh, I didn't swear once, but I was terrified I was going to swear. Don't, you, don't I would feel like it would be like you'd literally teeter on a knife edge. You are literally on the knife edge of it's just close enough. But if I if you go into autopilot, mm. something's gonna exactly. something's gonna drop out. Exactly. I've got to stay completely focused, but I can't get into the moment with these kids. Yeah. Oh, because I did a Christmas. I had to do a rugby club in Northampton, yeah. and I got booked for it. And I was like, "That's fine. I'm used to play rugby, so that's all right." Mm. Then I found out when I got there that it was for the under 16s and I was like, oh God, so I had that panic moment. I said to one of the, t- the, the one of the parents that were there, I was like, what can I talk about? Mm. And she was like, oh, anything. And I was like, no. So I went on, started doing a bit. And then I just made one reference to the captain. Uh, the captain and his girlfriend were in, but they were on different sides of the room. And yeah. I was talking about that. And his mum was like, I didn't know you had a girlfriend. And then uh, I just got into that. And I was like, well, did you just wonder what the crusty socks were under his bed? And... And then the whole room erupted, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I can do what I want." Yeah. And then I started doing like asking everyone how much they like. I was like, "Is your mum in?" It's like, "Yeah." Did you know that he wanks in your house? And then, things yeah. like that. And so it just got to that stage. Mm. I was panicking so much, and then when it eventually was all right, I was like, "Well, this is this is perfect." I did like forty-five minutes. I was supposed to be there for Brilliant. twenty, but it was amazing. Brilliant. They're all with you. That's yeah. It. This gig in Surrey, really posh. I did the same thing you did, but they were like. Oh <laughs> like, shit. no! It was just like oh, it was so awkward. But like you know, it was like oh, I did that. I did the the tattoo bit I've got, and I was like oh, no, it's just you know, I shouldn't have done that. 
<laughs> and I closed up as well. Had you, had, you, had you built up quite a bit of like. Uh, it was okay, it was okay. Like goodwill, and then you threw it all away with that one last <laughs> joke. They're, exactly they're the kids that I love the most. They're like, oh, you're really good. Until he did that, and then we absolutely hated That's it. That's it. That's exactly what I did. I was like, oh no, I'm just going to ruin you. I'm going to test your goodwill. You know, yeah, you're yeah. totally with me, guys. Oh, you get overconfident. Yeah. I'm totally with me. It's fine. Um, but it was, did you even say that to them that's what I'd like if you just go you guys have been much better than I thought you were going to be and now I'm going to end on this joke <laughs> <laughs> let's see how far yeah, you're willing to go with me <laughs> that's it man it was, it was, that's it but um, are your, uh, your, your family like at all into performance and stuff like no, that no no one is at all in my family that's what mum and dad always say whenever I see them they're like we don't understand where you get this from because my dad was just a, a factory worker and my mum worked in a bank none of them have ever done anything to do with any sort of performing arts or anything like that they're like we don't know where you get this need to be on stage and be like so much and I don't really know where I get it from either to be fair it's just something that happened I think yeah that's that's the name was it your name your show was it I am what I am I am what I am yeah that's, that's it. it yeah, yeah that's, it. It. that's pretty much what it was based around that whole idea of mm. I don't I am just who I am and I don't know how I got to this place maybe that show might come back as something else later on it might be I am what I am too yeah. or I am what I was I don't know something like that but <laughs> just, just keeps getting really I am good what I am. I, I was what I am. I am, I am now what I wasn't. What I was here, year I was. Yes, I was. I think I was. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, I don't know where I get it all from. It's such a strange... Because my parents never did anything like this. Yeah. And my, my grandparents, they were all, everyone's all very much just normal jobs and just yeah. doing that. I don't know where it comes from. Are you your only child? Now I've got a sister, she's a prison officer. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in that, mm. you know, it's just so strange. Is she older than you? Yeah, she's four years older than me. Right. So she's, but she's just moved to Wrexham, so she's moved quite far away now. Oh, yeah. I say that, I mean, I'd drive to Wrexham for a 10 spot, so, That's true, yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, it's not that far away. Yeah. Uh, but it's quite a long way from my mum's dad, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's odd, I don't know where I get this whole want to be on stage. I've always been a bit of a performer, though, I think. Mm. I think I've always been that guy that's always been. It's a weird, it sounds like a cliche, but I was that guy at school that was always trying to make people laugh. Mm. And I was, and even being, I mean, I'm, I'm massive, I'm six foot six, I'm like huge. But I did also use it as a defence mechanism. Mm. I, used, I didn't always fight at school. <laughs> Sorry, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, I mean, a six foot six guy using comedy as a, as a defence mechanism. I know, mechanism. it sounds it's ridiculous, like, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> no, you know it's, uh, I'm not going to hit you, no. I'm just going to make you laugh. It's Maybe I'm just a goon with a smile. I'll <laughs> <laughs> come round and beat you up, take your money out, and make you laugh all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, you know, he did beat the shit out of me, but he told some great yeah, jokes. Why he was doing it, it would be, every punchline was amazing, <laughs> literally. <laughs> timing and impeccable timing. <laughs> impeccable time, <laughs> fight timing and comedic timing all in one so yeah it's, it's, I don't know I always did use it as a defence mechanism were you popular in school or were you just feared I wasn't feared <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't feared I was quite because I'm quite soft really I wasn't feared I was just I was quite again popular is a different different thing I wasn't I wasn't the pop, in the popular group there was a popular mm. group of lads oh, uh, which always used to play guitars in the oh, in the yeah. common room in the common room and all that sort of stuff mm. I was more of the because I played rugby so I was in the rugby team so I was, like, yeah, I was mm. reasonably popular there was, there was a big group of us and I grew up in a small small little town so Mount Mowbray is really tiny mm. so we all knew each other everyone pretty much knew everyone's mum and dads and stuff like that so we all kind of got on in that sort of way so we, we were all kind of popular together the, mm. Sixth form, our year at sixth form was probably only 150 people. So, once you mm. get to that sort of small amount of numbers, it's you're all friends, really. You're all in the same classes and all that sort of stuff. So, wasn't that massively popular? But most people I've seen since I've started doing comedy 
have been like, yeah, we, we've just assumed you'd end up doing something like this. Mm. So obviously it was always there. Yeah. I kind of wish I'd done it. I kind of wish I'd started at 18. Mm. But then also wish I hadn't. Mm. So where do you ever think that? Totally. I totally agree with you. It's like, cause if I'd have started at 18, I'd have nothing to say. But I would have had 10 years worth of experience by the time I was 28 of doing the comedy circuit. I don't know. I, I, if I'd had a decade by the time I was 28. Yeah. yeah I, I started when I was, so I started when I was 28. 27, 28. But mm. I had a decade of it. If I'd had seven years' experience up to that point and then started when I started, mm. it would have been amazing. Mm. Yeah, but dogs only like, live to like 14, don't they? 14 years? Is that how long, <laughs> is that how long the career is? I've got, I've got two dog years. <laughs> you get to 21, you're a real old dog. If you've had three years yeah. as a comedian. Yeah, club dog, isn't it? Three cl- <laughs> club dog years. <laughs> the best what is he always? He's a club dog. Yeah. Why he's been going? He's twenty one. He's got to be off. He's going to be off soon. Did you do stuff in in sc- at all like in school, like acting or anything like that? No, oh. I was in I was in a choir. I can't mm. sing now. It was before my voice broke. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in a couple of a couple of school productions. So I played Dan, I played Danny Zuko in Greece. It was only a short bit. We didn't do much of the singing. Mm. Uh, and then I played Bobby Moore. In uh, reconstruction of the World Cup, nineteen sixty six for school. That's pretty much it. I didn't do anything else other than that. Mm. And they were like young, so I was like twelve then. I didn't mm. do anything once I got to like second school, then sixth form. I didn't do anything after that. Mm. Don't think get you some acting stuff as well. Hopefully, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I need to join Spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> if she's listening to this at any point, sorry, I haven't done that yet. It's been a year, and I've said I'd do it, but I haven't done it. A question for you then: Like, how do you join Spotlight? If you do you have an acting degree as well? No. So um, how do you join it if you don't have a... You can... Uh, Delphine, because you're doing comedy, mm. you can get on it for oh, because you're a professional agent. You can... Right, okay. If you crawl bars you in the door, it's yeah. fucking... It's otherwise, it's like... Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> otherwise, it's just knocking. Yes, come can on. I? Hello. Uh, no, what, what you got? Oh, well, I've got a microphone. Uh, I've got, I've got I've performed stuff. Oh, totally. I've got a written script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It's just, People shouting down, shouting down at you from an ivory tower. Yeah, so, oh, you have to come, go in, spend this much on a course, and then you can kind of come yeah, back. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a quick, I did a quick advert course with Spotlight, which mm. did kind of get me in the door. And as soon as I went to it, they're like, "Oh, you're John, the person with no uh, online persona." I was like, "What do you mean? I've got a website, I've got Facebook." They're like, "No, you're not on our, you're not on our website." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true. I'm not because." It costs so much money and you won't let me in. But yeah, so I've done a few bits of it, but I need to get on that. because well, I want to get into like a, a bigger arena where I can be rejected more regularly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, comedy's just not enough rejection for me. I need everything. I need to give it me the whole lot. Yeah, yeah ironically, uh, Delphine rang me and said, you've done, because I've done, I did, I did some modelling for Giacomo because they had a real man runway thing went out um, mm. and I put a picture in and I got it. So I've got down to the last 20, so we did some photo shoots and stuff. And Delphine rang me and said, have you done some stuff for Giacomo? And I was like, yes. She was like, because we've just had a spotlight thing come through. And they said, these are the type of people we're looking for. And you're in the centre of the picture. <laughs> well, why have I not got more? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they need you. <laughs> yeah, they want you. me. Yeah. They want someone that looks like me. Yeah. I'm me. Totally. I'm still, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still me. Yeah, totally. I've got everything you want. All the attributes you're asking for are mine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm literally, yeah, I literally can't be any more. Can't be any more perfect. Yeah. I'm in the middle of that picture. That's it. That's great. Oh yeah. no! Did she not? She not help you out though. She couldn't. She couldn't get it for you. Uh, no, they didn't want it. They didn't want me. They wanted people like me. Is what oh. they said in the end. Oh. But I'm, I'm going to get some stuff from them, apparently in the new year. It's going to be better. 
Maybe the, maybe the rate's gone down, John. You know, it's like, look, they start at the top. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, let's just know. reduce it. Let's reduce it until we end that grant campaign and we'll start a new one. It's one a cheaper coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, probably what has happened. Yeah, poor man. Freddie Flintoff John is a Pearson. poor man, John Pearson. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just keep you back. Like, you've never been as good as me, mate. Yeah, no, me. Sorry about that, no, Freddie. I mean, you've only won two ashes, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, so yeah, the next plan is uh, you've got to go French this year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And you have applied. I'm not going to say you've, I've applied. Yeah, I have mean, applied. I'm still waiting to hear back. Uh, I've not gone for paid though this year, so I've mm. gone for free fringe. Did you go for paid last year? No, no, I didn't go. I, I think free fringe. Uh, where I'm at at the moment, I think that's pretty much. I know my limits. I'm not. I'm not going to be a person that's going to go and spend thousands in the pleasants. The one, the one thing I was tempted with was tempted with just a tonic because mm. they're doing their paid rooms now, which look quite nice. I don't know if you people mm. have done those, and they're quite good rooms, but. This year's a work in progress, so it's not worth it. Next year will be the year that I'll put some money behind it. I mean, you put, have to put money behind Edinburgh every year, but even more money behind it. That's next it. Year. Really, really, really put an awful, awful lot. Yeah, put another, put another load of uh, another load of life savings behind it. Yeah, which is hope, put a lot, of, a lot of hope behind it. <laughs> yeah, hope, hope and life savings and, and, and un, unborn children's college funds <laughs> behind it. it all. A joy and hope and yeah and dreams and, and dreams and, and, and tears and sweat and <laughs> mental health. Yeah, <laughs> put it all behind that. Yeah, so hope. But this year, um, yeah, hopefully, doing a work in progress. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I mean, it's a bit weird. I don't know when I got my offers before. I feel like this is late. A work in progress. And is that what's that one called? That's called. It's going to be called feet first, feet first at the moment. Is that you know? <laughs> it, that also sounds a bit like a sort of like a birthing show as well. Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was an, that was an original idea. Because oh, oh, sorry, have I fucking? No, I you haven't. That was an original idea that I did have because I was thinking about that because there's a joke that me and my wife have got in the fact that our first child, uh, she's. She's so scared about giving because I'm six. I'm massive. I mean, I'm so broad that she's so scared. She's like, oh, I can't. She's like, the head's not going to be the problem. It's going to be the shoulders. Mm. And I've got size fourteen feet. So I'm like, well, you've got to hope he points his feet on the way out, otherwise mm. that's going to destroy you anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I said that to my mum, which was like, well, we we were worried you were going to come out feet first. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I'd come out feet first, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. So yeah, there was an idea of that, but it's not going to be that now. All right. It's more about me going in feet first. Okay, cool. For everything else, what's the next plan then? What's for next, this year? So this year, hopefully, work on this show, get in with the rest of the people that I want to get in with, which is such a hard thing to do. Like you get in with certain people, and then it's like. I've been with these people. People have gone. No, no, you can, you can, you can still wait. I'm going to just sit back on this. And it's been great. I mean, having Delphine down in London, she's amazing. So she's got me in with all the like, I mean, top secret, Concord, mm. all those sort of the big gigs in, in London. She's got me trials for, and then I've got moved on to the paid work or whatever with them. So that's great. It's just with the people, the, the the ones that I should really already have been in with. That I'm, I'm struggling with at the minute, but that's the plan. Circuit and 2018 debut hour at Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. With what is feet first at the moment, but it might be called something different by then. When's the plan for your pub to be opened? End of May. And when's the first gig? When's the first gig? End of May. Straight <laughs> 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 in ceremony. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it might be it. Great. I think, I think in actual reality, it's going to be a soft opening. So I don't know. These are old PR terms again, my wife PR. Yeah. It's like so, so that hard Brexit, soft Brexit. Yes, yeah, 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 Brexit. But opening means opening. I think okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. So apparently, a soft opening is you open, yeah. but you don't have a big way, yeah, yeah. and then you build up an audience or you build up a yeah. clientele and let them know that there's going to be a big opening. Yeah. 
in three weeks or whatever. So I think that's the idea. So like you make your friends and then you have your housewarming. Otherwise, you're going to have the housewarming and no one's going to fucking come. Yes, out. yeah, yeah. That is like yeah. that old thing of like moving into a new house and inviting all the neighbours around before they've even met you. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. So I think that's the idea. So I think the the hard opening will be the big comedy night, probably, or it might be a weekend type thing. So it mm. might be like a. Friday night, Friday night we'll have a band on, and then Saturday we'll have like comedy on the night, or whichever way around we we'll do it, we'll do mm. something like that. But yeah, great. Man. It's not too much pressure leading up to then August. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> when I'm, I'm going to leave for a month, <laughs> slug your way, <laughs> just sanding something on the way out the door. Yeah, nearly finished. Yeah, just, just hold the bus. I'm just going to get out. The, yeah, oh, just sticking it. stuff up. Oh, and then like, oh, that, if that's not all when I get back, I'm not back for another three weeks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's it, just dropping the tool belt all yeah, the door. That'll be it. Wow, man. I'll be going up on the bus. How do you travel to Edinburgh when you go? I'll probably go on the bus. I'll probably go Mega on, bus? Yeah, Mega bus from Milton Keynes. That's where I usually How much is it? It's, well, it was, how much, 50 quid last year? Uh, the other year? Yeah, yeah. So wow. It was, it was, it's all right. I went up on the, I planed up once. So oh, I, yeah. I, I flew up for £110. Oh, nice. Which was great, because it meant you fly in, get off, bus into Edinburgh. You, it took me from door to door. It took me three hours. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I was quite happy with that. Mm. I have done the train, so I did the train from Birmingham to Edinburgh. That mm. took forever. But it helped me write a show. <laughs> I yeah. wrote, wrote the extra bits in. But I don't know how I'm going to do it this year. I drove up one year as well. I've driven up. That took me forever. I left. I used to work in Starport on 7. I left Starport on 7 because my bosses were bastards. Mm. They made me come in for a meeting on the day on the day that I was going up to Edinburgh and kept my meeting until 4 o'clock. So then I had my meeting, and then they said, "Oh, you're on holiday now, aren't you? What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to Edinburgh." I'm like, "Oh, we didn't realise that." And then I had to drive from Southport on Seven to Edinburgh. It took me. I got there at I think it was half past midnight. Ugh, yeah. And then I had my show the next morning. The next day, my show was at quarter past twelve. Man, it was mental. Mm. But yeah, was, you've been going to Edinburgh for how many years now? Like, this will be my fourth year. Mm. Fourth year of Edinburgh. I did the first year. I did a two-hander. Second year, I did a forty-five minute. Third year, did a forty-minute. Yeah. What did you? Why, why did you? What it usually goes up, doesn't it? Do you do it like that? Ah, fuck it. Was it I like... hadn't really written too much. <laughs> <laughs> and what I realised is it was only forty minutes. Right. <laughs> and uh, well, it, I had an hour slot, but it was only a forty-minute show because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything really in it. And I realised I hadn't written much to go up there, and I don't know why I really went up. It was kind of a wasted trip. Kind of wish I hadn't gone up. Yeah. Oh. It was a wasted one because I was like, well, there's nothing. I'm not learning anything from this show. Right. I learned how to be at Edinburgh and how to perform and how to be on stage for that long, but it wasn't, the show wasn't ready, mm. and that's what I've realised. I think, my view now is I think Edinburgh's going to be a two-year cycle. So this yeah. year, not next year, well, maybe next year. So I've got, I don't know, I've, I've contradicted myself about five times in this podcast now. So I said, I'm going to go up this year with a work in progress and then do WR next year, which means that's two years on the trot. So now I've just said, I think it's a two-year cycle. But you never know. You, your work in progress could be there. Oh, that's, that's ready. <coughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I think the thing is, well, I'm working on the premise of, I used to have a day job when I couldn't write. Yeah. Whereas now, I've written so much in this last year, since I've, well, this last few months since I've been not with a day job, mm. that I feel like I could get more out now. I feel like I feel like... I don't feel like I could write an hour in a year, not a solid hour, not a really good hour. Mm-hmm. I think I could write, I could probably write a work in progress for every year and then build on that work in progress and then go up the next year with a finished article. I think that's probably my cycle. Mm. Now that we've just spoken about it and I've decided that's it. <laughs> that's, not, that's my final truth. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the end. Fact. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> and and where, where can we come see you, John? I will be at the Comedy Store in Manchester on the 9th. Yeah. I'll then be at 
Highworth Town Football Club in Swindon Ooh. on the Saturday 11th and I'll be uh, in Birmingham on the 12th but I don't know where that is yeah. <laughs> it just says Birmingham <laughs> that, that's what my diary says it's a scrabble for that day like, yeah oh, it's oh, it's yeah, it'll be on the 11th I'll be like I've got Birmingham in my diary where is it that's pretty much oh. what that'll be yeah nice one man yeah and uh, yeah so I'm sure I'll see you at the fringe this year then. yeah definitely well John thanks for doing the comedy defect man I'm no worries thank, thank you very much awesome. cheers And that was episode 38 of the Comedy Defect podcast with John Pearson. Very big man. Very funny guy. Go find him on Facebook. Go follow him on Twitter. Go see him live. He's got a gig at Melton Broadway. Turn up at that. Great gig. He's taking his debut hour up to the Edinburgh Fringe in 2018. And he's taking the work in progress up in 2017. And at the moment it's called Feet First. But that can change. Things change. Really enjoy talking to John. A lot of fun. You can follow this podcast on Twitter. We're there at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me. It's at Winter Phonander. Now, if you like these podcasts and you want to support us, you can find us on Patreon. Go to Patreon. Type in The Comedy Defect Podcast. You can donate as little as a pound a month or five, ten, twenty, whatever you feel this podcast is worth. But if you can't kick something back, that's fine. Look, just find your favorite pod and go share it with your friends. Go tell your friends about it. We're on iTunes, Podbean and YouTube. And if you like, you could just leave us a nice, honest review because it really helps. It tells people where we are and what we're doing. I'm also hitting the Guinness Encyclopedia. I've read 70 pages of it now and all the jokes that I've gathered from that book are available on Twitter. And the title for that is The Book Dad Read. The handle for that is at Guinness Jokes. I'm getting through it. It's a bit of a challenge. I'm doing it. I'm on top of it. I'm getting it done. I've got a few pages left. When I hit 100, I can't wait. I've got 642 left. But who's counting? We've got a very funny guest next week. It is episode 39 with a very funny, very likable, he's just written a book, Mr. Martin Huburn. And that's it for this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. We'll see you next week for episode 39 with Martin Huburn.